to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. You know, one of my favorite verses, let me just show it to you. Hebrews chapter number 4. share the link share it if you can go on if you can go on it on Facebook and just press share you never know who you may be helping Hebrews chapter number four wow and I want us to see verse verse thank you Jesus Bible tells us let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in times of need. Now most of the times when many of us think about mercy we only think about Maybe you've made a mistake, so God's showing you mercy in that he's not going to count your faults against you. That's one side of it. But you know mercy gets deeper than that. Let me give you an example. What's the reaction if a baby has fallen down? You carry the baby, right? You show mercy. You're not going to say, why were you doing A, B, C, D? You show mercy. But the question is, is that the only time you carry them? What am I trying to say? Mercy, the mercy of God is beyond just, let's say you've made a mistake and he forgives. It's the, like you know how in, in the human sense we can check on each other, it can be how are you doing, or I bought you this, or I bought you that. Now imagine the riches we can experience if we learned how to obtain that mercy. Where he's just, it says come boldly to the throne of grace, and what will you find there? you find this God who's just ready to show you mercy just to show you mercy. 
Lord God, how best can I put this? How best can I put this? I remember once, uh, I think I passed through my mother's office, um, and I think I wanted to get her something. So I said, let's, let's take a walk. I'm, I've forgotten when that was, but perhaps I wanted to buy her lunch or something like that. You know those things sons do. So <laughs> that was me. As we're doing that, we reached the road. Father in heaven, she held my hand. I'm like, what's going on here? As if she... <laughs> like... And it's like, I don't know, it's like it's in there. It's still in there to show mercy, to show that care, that compassion. Now, do you know where they got it from? They got it from God. Do you know when it comes to compassion and mercy, God compares himself even more to a mother than a father? <laughs> Somebody say glory. glory. Say it one more time. Glory. I want us to uh, look at Isaiah 49 verse 15. No, this is not even my sermon. Isaiah 49 15. <laughs> look at this. It says, can a woman forget her child? and not have compassion on the son of her womb. Surely they may forget, but yet I will never forget you. So God is actually comparing himself, and he says, look, even if it, it, it would be really difficult, it would be strange, it would be abnormal for a woman to forget a child, but even if she did, I wouldn't. Then the very next verse says, uh -huh, See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your wars are continually before me. Saints, why is God sharing this? Because this thing of just having this very professional, uh, albeit a bit political, relationship with God should come to an end. He's your daddy. Let me say that again. In case you didn't hear me. This thing of just having this professional and no keyboard for now just this professional political relationship i've used the word political because sometimes it's almost like <laughs> it's like this debate i want this and then when i'm talking about professional i mean like some of us speak to god like we're writing an email like the entire time <laughs> We even forget, sometimes instead of saying amen, we say kind regards. <laughs> but to a large extent, I think many of us have underestimated just how much God wants to daddy us. Just how much he wants to father and mother us. Just how much he wants to be that kind of person in our lives. And so look, it says, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your wars are continually before me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. You don't know what to say one more time, right? Say hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. So, for me, that's something that I believe Jesus constantly 
strived to teach us. And that's also what separated Jesus from the Pharisees and everyone in that regard. Let me explain a bit further, because I can see you're catching this. In the Old Testament, men would constantly look for ways to relate with God. Okay? And when I say the Old Testament, I'm talking about generally that period of time. Some things you may not even see in the Bible. But generally in that period of time, men were looking for God. And what was common knowledge then, which you can still find today, especially if you go in some of the... Um, in, in some of the places that still have ancient mindsets, is that to appease God, you needed a sacrifice. You needed a sacrifice. That's why it shouldn't surprise you that when Hannah was making a vow to God, she said, give me a son, I'll give him back to you. It shouldn't surprise you that she said something like that. They knew that. It shouldn't surprise you that when you go to nations like India, people could, uh, if things are not going well in their lives, they could take one of their children and go leave them at one of the temples to be sacrificed to appease the gods. Now, in that same period of time, God decides to reveal himself to a man named Abraham. And when he reveals himself, after all those heroics of faith, Abraham finally has that promised son. And then when the son um, is at a certain age, God comes and says, give me your son. It shouldn't surprise you that you don't necessarily hear Abraham retaliating as much. Apart from the fact that he had faith, it also wasn't strange in that period of time for someone to sacrifice a son. So Abraham carries Isaac, is about to sacrifice him. The angel of the Lord stops him and God intervenes and there's a conversation. And in that very moment, God speaking, um, God speaking to Abraham assures him of who he is and assures him of his faith. And remember, Abraham, follow me well, Abraham had earlier prophesied that God himself would provide a lamb. Where you get into Apostle Frederick, in that very moment, we actually see, and that's Genesis 22, by the way, we actually see God giving his CV. Because God in that moment is telling Abraham, saying, these are the gods, you have to give them your son. For me, instead of your son at the altar, I will give you mine. That's why Abraham called that place 
Jehovah Jireh, meaning I have seen the provision of the Lord. And do you know Jesus referred to that just to, to confirm that that was truly what Abraham had saw. Jesus referred to it. Go over there to John 10. I want you to see John chapter number 10. Is somebody following me so far? Are you following? Now, actually, John 8, I want you to see verse 56. John 8, 56. The Bible says something interesting. Jesus says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. What did Abraham see? Abraham saw through um, the, the, the separation of like Isaac coming out from the altar and the ram being sacrificed instead, that one day a lamb would be sacrificed instead of Isaac. What am I trying to say? God shows his distinction from the other gods. That whereas they'll ask for your son, him he'll give you his. Because he's merciful. He's rich in mercy. Never forget that. Never forget that. Let me show you something else. Go to Genesis 3. I just want you to see something. Eh? <laughs> Genesis 3. Adam and Eve have sinned, right? Adam and Eve have sinned. And then God starts saying everything that he has to say. And let's go maybe all the way to verse 15. Say, God is merciful. Now, he starts speaking, I'll put an enmity between you and the woman, and then he speaks to the woman. Uh, I have it. And he speaks to Adam. He speaks to the ground. But then, verse 21. Don't you wonder what on earth it's doing there? Adam had initially tried to sow some fig leaves <laughs> he had initially tried to do some of that stuff for himself. Probably didn't do a very good job. So these guys have messed up the divine plan. And then look at verse 21. One, two, three, read. And also, for Adam and his wife, the Lord made tunics of skin and clothed them. What? What do you see? <laughs> his mercy. And that's, that's very fatherly and motherly all in one. God became a fashion designer, the first ever. <laughs> Adam probably didn't do a very good job. Somebody say glory. What am I trying to say? God is merciful. Moses says, show me your glory. In short, like, tell me who you really are. And what happens? A voice comes, and what did the voice say? The Lord, the Lord is merciful and gracious. That's him giving a CV of himself. The biggest description of himself. 
Does God judge? Yes. But have you noticed that his judgments always are bigger? His mercy always is bigger than his judgments. And when a person appeals to the mercies of God, there are certain things that they're able to attract. Let me give you another example. I'm just giving you a few examples today, then we pray. Are you being blessed? Just telling you a bit more about our dad. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm telling you. Do you know? Okay, let me just give you a few more examples. I'll just keep them coming. What do you think? Just a few. First Kings 21, verse 29. Before you read it, let me give you the backstory. Do you remember a guy called King Ahab? How many of you know King Ahab? I don't know who reads the Bible here. King Ahab. Okay, how many of you have heard of Jezebel? The word Jezebel is used a lot, eh? I don't know, I don't know why, how angry people are, but every time I'm on social media, especially like when it's women addressing fellow women, I see them saying, hey, you daughters of Jezebel, trying to ruin my life. Like, where is all the anger coming from? Guys, where is it? Like, like what's wrong? And, and then the same people will call all the main descendants of Solomon. It's, guys, it's bad out there. You know, it's so bad that when I was doing the training for the young men, one of the things I had to ask them to do is just try to be a bit nicer to people. Like the world has become so rough, we just need a few people who are quite nice. Now, Ahab was Jezebel's husband, in case you didn't know. He's the one who empowered her to be able to do that stuff. That's the king that she was able to manipulate and the like. It was so bad when Ahab and Elijah would meet. Elijah would say, like Ahab would say, my enemy. As in, they were, they were enemies. And so, God gives Elijah a message that Ahab is going to die. Okay? And when Elijah tells you you're going to die, <laughs> you might want to take it seriously. And by the way, it's a message which when God gave Elijah, he didn't mind giving. Like, I don't think Elijah really... I think it excited him to go give Ahab that word. Eh? <laughs> Have you ever received the word? <laughs> Which is contrary to what you're being. Anyways, 1 Kings 21. Now, look at verse 28 first. Look at this. Uh-huh. Maybe let me go a bit back. Uh, give, start from 26. All right. 1 Kings 21, start from 26. Are you being blessed? Okay. Uh, you've gone way back to Naboth and they're like, give me 26. Remember, he had treated Naboth very badly after influence from Jezebel. So, he behaved very abominably in following idols according to all that the Amorites had done. So it was, when Ahab heard those words, he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his body and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about mourning. This is after he's been told he's going to die. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, see how Ahab has humbled himself before me. <laughs> if I was Elijah, they would be thinking, What? <laughs> I say, because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring this calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. 
As in, his prophecy never came to pass because somebody humbled themselves. <laughs> when I tell you the Lord is merciful, now if he can be that merciful to them, how much more to his children? Let me show you another one. How many of you have ever read the story of Jonah, the one that produced your favorite song? What? <laughs> Wait, that song is a real song? You guys want to be singing it for praise and worship? <laughs> like guys, let's all worship God and you all just lift your hands. Jonah. I say Jonah. Stomach fishy. <laughs> Don't you dare play it. <laughs> now, in case you wanted to know, the reason why Jonah didn't um, go to Nineveh, Jonah was sent to go and tell the people of Nineveh of the judgments that God was going to bring in that place. And Jonah decided to go to Tashish instead. One of the reasons is because the people of Nineveh uh, were people who had been bad to the people of Israel. And so Jonah had probably been affected. Okay? You can imagine that person that before this service you never liked. <laughs> and then that's the very person God says, I want you to go on a three-day fast just for the perfection of their destiny. That day you'll know whether you're God's servant or your own. <laughs> now, Jonah chapter 4, the people of Nineveh repented and God changed his mind, right? Who knows, maybe somebody here, you've been dreaming, boom, you've been dreaming, you'll be in an accident. Don't you think it's God's mercies to show you that dream? Because he's given you authority to deal with it and he didn't want that to happen to you. Okay. Jonah 4. It displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah! <laughs> hey! I never knew that's how the prayer started. <laughs> this one didn't start by, Oh, holy one. <laughs> oh, excellent one. This one said, Ah! Lord, was this not what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. That's what he was angry about. He's like, I know you. We've interacted. You're too merciful. Like if it's up to you you, 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 you want them to have another chance. You want them to, to you're holy so you follow your judgments. But there is one thing that can triumph even over your judgments and that's your mercy. <laughs> Therefore, Lord, and, and the guy said, take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? <laughs> Okay, and, and 
read the story of Jonah, it will really help you in terms of how to relate with people because God made a tree come and all that. You realize that at the end of the day, um, you're not the one who provides the rain for yourself. So you shouldn't complain if even the wicked people, the rain also waters their plants. <laughs> okay? <laughs> He's merciful. He's merciful. Can I show you another one? Luke 12. He's merciful and very personal. And remember earlier, just before we go to Luke 12, remember earlier when I kept telling you about Abraham and the example, I didn't finish. I didn't finish. What I wanted to proceed to tell you is how that from that time on, the name of the Lord would be revealed. You read in the scriptures where it says, and the name of the Lord was revealed to this one. And in that culture, the moment the name Yahweh, which is translated Jehovah, was revealed, no one dared to say that. No one dared to say that. If they dared to say anything, they would say the four-letter word. Because the A and E were the ones who added. It's Y-H-W. Yeah. They would say the four-letter word. The four-letter word. The four-letter word. Then, The New Testament comes. And then this man named Jesus is starting to preach on the scene. And every time they ask him a question, he keeps saying, my daddy this, my daddy that, my daddy, my father, my father, my father, my father. Do you, do you remember that kid in primary school? <laughs> or were you that kid in primary school? <laughs> But do you remember that kid in primary school who was always my father, my father, my father, my father, my father? And sometimes it would almost seem to exaggerate it. <laughs> like, uh, my dad once told me he beat up 10 thieves. Like, he had come with like a scar. So I asked him what happened. He said, No, as I was coming home, there were 10 thieves that stopped me. I totally believed. So I went to school and we had an argument over whose dad was stronger. It almost reached a level of saying, okay, tomorrow let's both bring our fathers and they'll fight and we'll see who. <laughs> and then as you grow up, you start realizing some of the limitations, right? It starts from here and then as you grow up, the limitations start coming in because every now and then you might ask for something that may be beyond, you're not going to just wake up and say, you even time it well, you wait for the report form, if the report form is good, <laughs> you go and pitch your presentation <laughs> with PowerPoint slides. No, the 15 reasons why I need a new phone. Reason number one, <laughs> to communicate better with you so that when you're calling to ask what's for supper, you'll be able to shun shun reason number two, for more security in the house. You know what I mean? Eh? But then, the difference with God is that the more you get to know him, the more it keeps going like this, like this, like this, like this. And then, God's mercy 
is displayed in such a way that whereas Jesus, who was initially the only begotten, was the only one with the right to say, my father, my father, my father. He tells the disciples, they ask, how do we pray? And he says, oh, it's good you've asked, because now I'm going to tell you something. I didn't just come here to share, like just to give my life for you. I also came to share the relationship I have with him. And so he says, oh, this is the way you're going to pray. Please, if I say it wrongly, sometimes it's just, you know, so you just correct me. But Jesus says, this is the way you're going to pray. Jesus' Father. Are you serious? Our Father. So in short, Jesus came that the relationship should be shared. No wonder John can say, what manner of extravagant love is this that we should be called children of God? Like, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because a father naturally has to have mercy over his children and he has to pity them. He has to have compassion for them. I say all that to bring you to Luke 12. Let's read it quickly. <laughs> okay. Um, somebody say glory to God. Okay. Now, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. At that point, I think everything is like, eh. <laughs> and you'll be calculating your words, eh? And then he goes on to say, and not five sparrows sold for two copper coins. Those who don't know what sparrows are, they are birds. They are birds. So in short, he's saying, uh, I'll give an example. Do you guys buy birds? What, what do you buy? Chickens? <laughs> okay. So he says, and not five sparrows sold for two copper coins. And not one of them is forgotten before God. If you read other times when he talks about sparrows, he talks about how God cares enough to clothe them. He actually talks about their clothes. If God is concerned about the clothes of birds, when I tell you God is concerned about even the littlest of things, the Bible is very clear that when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, the entire time they were in the desert, there was this miracle that happened. Their shoes couldn't wear out. That, it's, it goes down to the tiny details. Think about when the prodigal son came back, a ring was put on his finger. He was given new sandals. He was given a new dress. God has not forgotten you. You may be wearing clothes with holes, maybe. Or maybe it's the same shirt you keep working on. You're not forgotten before God. And he's going to cover everything. And in such a funny way that it will even come with new shirts. <laughs> it may sound like nothing to another person. 
to somebody else. That may be the very thing they asked God for today. And then he says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I don't know how often hair grows, but I would think every day. I would think every day there's at least one strain of hair that grows. I don't know how he does it, but it, it, it's, it, it, it sounds to me <laughs> like in his omnipresence, he finds time when you get home and take off the wig to just... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it just felt. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or oh, maybe he counts both. I don't know. <laughs> no, but the weak one's already counted, right? But think about this. There's some gentlemen here <laughs> with five mustaches. God knows them. He even knows. This one mustache. There are five. And I'm not sure whether he like turns to another to an angel and says, uh, guess what? What? That one has an extra mustache today. <laughs> Can you imagine that? And it says the very hairs. If somebody has time to count hair, who was ever given that task by parents or like a grandparent or something like, come and remove the white hair from my head? You know how, ta none of you were given that task before. Like, hey, you know how tasking that is? <laughs> You have to look for every one of them. God has time to count every hair on your head. That means he even knows your air to money balance. <laughs> Are you happy to know that? <laughs> eh? May God bring a TXN in your life. <laughs> It says, do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than sparrows. Value. You know, there's something about value. Something about someone you value. I've seen people go to the lengths to take care of someone because of how much they value them. Ladies and gentlemen, back to Hebrews 4.16 as we end. God today just wanted me to remind you of his mercy. That he actually cares. He reads your report card. He knows which subject you're not doing well in right now. <laughs> he can even give you advice on how to improve. He reads your business reports. Beyond all those extra outer things, he actually searches the thoughts of your heart. He knows what you're thinking of. He knows which areas your heart has had issues. He knows if you've been jealous. He knows if you've been, go to verse 13. He knows if you've been jealous. He knows if you've been envious. He knows if you feel betrayed. He knows if you feel unloved. He knows if you're excited. He knows all those things. Okay, give me verse 13, please. He knows all of them. And the biggest thing he's saying, 
Because the Bible says there is no creature hidden from his side, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So it's not, you should never feel embarrassed to talk to God about something because he already knows. It's already naked before him. That's why you can talk to him even about an area of weakness. Like you, you, you can, Jesus was so open with God even when the will of God became hard for Jesus. He was actually like, God, this cup, <laughs> this one I'm struggling. Notice it was a conversation with God. He was like, please, can this cup pass? That's how open he was with God. For him, it was my father, my father. And he, he was that open with him. And seeing that we have a great high priest, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. And he says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. So that shows you that Jesus, when it refers to Jesus as our high priest, you know, I believe it's not just referring there to his divinity, but also to his humanity, in that he understands what it's like to be human, and therefore can sympathize with moments of limitation, can sympathize with moments where um, maybe you had a moment. He's not like seated there like ready to like throw like a fireball from heaven. If my imaginative mind was to, hey, if my imaginative mind was to go far, I would almost think that let's say somebody here is being a bit funny. And maybe it's an angel who wants to throw a fireball. Like, how can that person be saying God is unfair? After all, yesterday, God did this, 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 this. I can almost imagine Jesus saying, no, no, hold on, hold on. I've been down there. <laughs> I know what it's like. <laughs> like, no, no, I've been there. It, it gets a little crazy there sometimes. As in, I'm sure Jesus can even say things like, I knew Lazarus would resurrect, but I still wept. It was overwhelming. The moment still got to him. He wept over someone he knew would resurrect. Hey. And that's when it says that when you consider that kind of high priest, we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. We may obtain mercy. Final scripture for today. Psalm 8. Has someone gotten something today? You know, my imaginative mind almost feels like saying, like I can, I can be before God there say, Lord, I'm just, I'm just here for my, <laughs> for lack of better term. Like God, I'm just here for a hug. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just here just to, you know, just to feel something, just, just, to, just to be embraced. You can actually do that. It says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? God is mindful of you. You may feel nobody else notices you. God pays attention to you. He's mindful of you. Okay. 
I've gone a little over time, so can we have one minute? Just lift your hands from where you are. Thank you. Jesus, thank you. And you'll say after me, and then I'm going to give you a minute to talk to him about whatever is on your mind or heart. And a minute for him to talk to you, and we're done. I'll be singing. Say, Father in heaven, thank you for being my father. Thank you for being my dad. Thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your kindness. I love you. Talk to him. Great is your mercy towards me, your loving kindness towards me. Your tender mercies I see day after day. Even that issue is not too bad. Just talk to me. As you are talking, remember it's a relationship. Remember that he wants to talk back. He wants to minister to you. So just tell him, God, I'm open to what you want to say. Your embrace. I'm open to you ministering to me. Just let him I'm open. Because God wants to touch you as well. In a different way. Lord, your mercies are new every morning. <laughs> so I receive what you have for me today. In the name of Jesus. I receive the ministration of the Spirit towards my mind, towards my heart. I receive the ministration of peace which guards my heart and mind. In the name of Jesus, I receive that ministration of providence. That ministration of providence in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I love you, Lord. the
Praise God. Okay. Is there anyone here who is not born again? And you can tell when your life is straight with God, you can tell. Listen, God has been good. And the Bible says that God's goodness leads men to repentance. So if you're watching live, you listen to the podcast, or you're in this room, and you're not born again, if you're in this room, I would want you to raise your hand. If you're watching live, I would want you to fill in the form that's actually there. So anybody here who needs to give their life to Christ, just raise your hand. I'll give you a moment. Okay, wonderful. Wonderful. Now if you're listening to me or you're watching me, I want you to say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came in the flesh. You died, you were buried, and you rose again. I give you my life. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.